Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, JB. You do this bit. I haven't got the I haven't got the enthusiasm to do it. Come on, Welshman. Uh, hello, and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. What a glorious day! Uh, <laughs> we are the Rugby Podcast. It doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Um, I don't know about you, Tim. Have you noticed a clear, bright crystal skies? A little nip in the air. No, it's been a, be- a beautiful, clear day. Uh, and uh, hello, Phil. Of course, Phil's here. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, how are you feeling, mate? Um, I had quite a big day yesterday, um, on the, on the beers, on the Negronis from about 8.30. Yes, I had a wonderful Negroni at your house, thank you very much. Uh, we had a few. We did. A few of them, a few Proseccos. There was champagne on ice, unfortunately, it very quickly got taken off ice. Yeah. And put back in the cupboard. Mm. Uh, so we had a few beers yesterday, out until, uh, I was out until just before midnight, and then woke up with a bit of a hangover this morning, but blew away the cobwebs with a... Ten course taster menu and accompanying wine Ooh, flight for lunch. How so nice! How I, f- nice. I feel um, fairly sanguine about yesterday in my current state. Yes. Well, why is it? Why don't you tell us exactly how you watch the game, Tim? But before you do that, remember to follow us on Twitter at at Rugby Podcast. You can download us from all the main the main places. In fact, we're even on Spotify now. Is, is that right? We are on Spotify. Although yeah. uh, I saw the stats, and it's still something like seventy percent on on Apple. Uh, podcast. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. But you can I mean, get come on, get onto Android. What, what, yeah. what are all these number of people doing on it's iPhones? Weird. What are you doing with your iPhone? I find people who use iPhones weird. I find them <laughs> really peculiar. But, you know, people do it. People do it. Um, <laughs> Lots of people do, clearly. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, 70% of our listeners do yes. that we're offending. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, all, um, all, all of that stuff. But, Tim, why don't you tell me where you watched the final? I watched the game in Greece, which actually, with the two hours ahead, made it a much more um, civilised time to watch a game. It was 11am local nice. time. So I had a couple... Th- th- I actually, for the first time in my life, I think, went for a walk where there was no purpose to the walk whatsoever because I was so... I watched. I started watching a little bit of the build-up. I started fidgeting, walking around. I wasn't really paying attention to conversations. But people were talking to me and I wasn't just wasn't really listening. And I actually just went, I'm going for a walk. I can't take this. <laughs> I can't take waiting yep. for this game to happen. So one of the advantages... I hosted for about... 12, 14 people and a load of babies as well. Uh, so I spent from about half seven in the morning preparing breakfast and go. drinks. So just take your mind off it. And 
I, I finish it perfectly in time. I, I finish just in time for kickoff. But I had no time in that morning to panic, to, to overthink anything, which is quite good. I'm glad I didn't waste any brain power thinking about what could be, what might have been, yeah. when what happened happened. Well, I, I, I did. And wasted lots of it, but it was great. There was a big, there was a crowd of us, and uh, as I say, uh, as I said on the last podcast, at great trouble and moderate expense, I got a load of uh, sausages and bacon, which are you know not not things you find in Greece. But nope. um, uh, we had some to feed the troops. Why, and, why do you not find sausage and bacon in Greece? I, that that surprises me. I thought they would eat sausage and bacon. Literally just to annoy the Turks. Bacon not really a thing in Greece. It's not a thing. Is it re- really? No. no. Mm. Pork, uh, pork. I mean, God, yeah, pork. Yeah, Hell yeah. I'm every, sure. Every, every type of pork. I'm sure when I go to Cyprus that they actually do pork kebabs there just to annoy the northern, uh, the, nor- the population of northern Cyprus. But I'm sure Cy- of it. Cyprus is a lot more uh, anglicised. Yes. As in three-point pins um, drive on the left-hand side of the road. That is true. So, But anyway, um, I, I mean... Uh, in the coverage, I thought the build-up, the two hours of it, there were some really, really lovely bits in there. And I, I've got to say, I think ITV's coverage, broadly speaking, over the seven weeks, I think it's been excellent. I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been really excellent. I would have changed a few pundits, but oh, yeah. overall... Yes, overall. The, the dojo was a little bit odd. I, yeah. in, in grown men in, in suit jackets and socks was weird. Uh, what's really funny about that is... In Maidstone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was well, in Japan, fine. I think what they should have done is like a dimmer switch type approach. Because I understand when it all kicks off and everyone's excited, oh, look, the novelty of not wearing shoes in, in a dojo. Eight weeks down the line, it's starting to get a bit weird. So I'd have done it for the group stages, but then I think I would have changed the set completely for play- for, for the playoffs. Yeah. Well, it, one bit that I didn't like was it was really close to kickoff, and they came back off a break, and Mark, Mark Pugat said something like, well, with the Brexit debate raging on in England, it's like, come on. Get off. Yeah, get, leave, off leave that out of it, please. Ed- raging. Raging. Yeah. Ed Jones did actually mention that in his midweek press <laughs> conference as well. Oh, yeah, he, he did, didn't he? all the Brexit shenanigans. He didn't say any anything about yeah. either, anything in either direction, but just said the com- country needs something well, to Well, Pugash has probably ruined a wonderful moment there where Brexiteer and Remainer are, are, are arm in arm sharing a pint <laughs> and then they, they snap back into their potters on ways. Yeah, I, mean, I reckon, I mean, there's, there's a picture of Boris Johnson doing the rounds, him watching it uh, in his England shirt with his dog. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon Corbyn was snuggled up next to him until that moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brings people together. And, and in <laughs> fact, do you know what Phil just mentioned before we started this podcast, Phil mentioned a, a great point. He said there will be a lot of people who probably have listened throughout the World Cup and can't bring themselves to listen. But that may not be the case. That may be the case if we get straight into the post-mortem. So before we do that, let's try and be positive for a minute, both about England and about the World Cup in general. I think that's only fair. I mean, no matter how much I'm going to mock England in a minute, and I I will, I'll I'll have a bit bit of fun with it, there's no denying it. It's an incredible achievement. You know, there is no shame in coming up short in the final of, you know, the hardest game in, in... in the sport, uh, so you know there's you know there's, there's there's nothing to be sad about. I mean, it'd be nice to win to win the game, but I thought it was a, re- a remarkable tournament for them, and and they deserve to be there. On any given day, a team will win and a exactly, team will lose. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. That's so. I I was after about forty five minutes, I was fairly relaxed about the result. Yeah, I kind of until that point, I was getting a bit frustrated, and then I thought, nope, the better team on the day is going to win this, and then I I stepped back and thought. Are we now in a position where you've got half a dozen teams who, on any given Sunday, can all beat each other? And you can get a team that 
one week loses to the All Blacks. Yeah. Then faces a team that beats the All Blacks and then hammers the team that beats which by normal logic you would say, well, it's going to go the other way. Mm. Um, but there's other teams in that mixer as well. Australia have shown in the last couple of years they've beat these teams. Wales have beat uh, South Africa something like five out of the last six times they've played them. Yeah. Um, so all of these teams are right up there in the mix. Sorry, uh, carry on. Uh, I'm just messing around with some wires. No, I, I, I agree. And one of the things I said at the start of the tournament is this tournament's unique for having a complete mixed bag of teams who are all fundamentally flawed. Every one of those teams is flawed. Uh, Wales could have beaten South Africa. Um, you know, I, oh, France could have beaten Wales. Yeah. Argentina could have beaten France. Exactly. Tonga um, could have beaten France. USA nearly beat France. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the All Blacks who beat South Africa, but they were a little bit arrogant, I think. Well, not arrogant, maybe they changed their team around too quickly. You know, so there was all sorts of different things. Ireland obviously were horrifically flawed. Uh, then who battered Scotland? You know, and yeah. Scotland were flawed. Everyone had a major flaw, and none of the teams seem to be interested in fixing that flaw. It's just, well, you'll take us as uh, as and how we come, and that will be that. Fantastic World Cup. Japan laid on but oh, there's yeah. so many metrics there were on percentage of ticket sales revenue number of eyeballs watching it on television this uh, by so many measures it's been the most successful rugby world cup I, I think it's hands down the most successful world cup um you know new country great country uh, it's just worked really really well taking away home advantage for one of the big teams as well absolutely is massive and from JB and I going out there and seeing both the country, but also the fans, the, the Japanese fans uh, out there and how much they love the sport. Uh, there's been loads and loads of videos online and, and shared everywhere about it, but they, they, there is a genuine passion for in Japan for rugby. Yep, completely agree. Um, and I don't know where it's going to go next. Uh, well, I do know, actually. It's going to, be, it's going to go to France. That's not what I meant at all. Um, <laughs> but I, don't, I can't think of a, the next country I'd like it to go to, for instance. And I don't know how you go about it because a World Cup is a big beast. And if you don't have the right infrastructure, as Ireland will find out, um, you can't hold it. But an, Ameri- an America's World Cup would oh, be yeah. brilliant. Oh, North yeah. America. Yeah. Or Vancou- America. Vancouver and Seattle on the West Coast. Only yeah. a few hours apart. Canada, USA. You could have New York, Toronto. Yeah. There's all sorts Canada of Canada and US sounds good. Yeah, and sounds even good. Argentina. I mean, you could, you could, you could maybe... South America. Tournament. You could send two groups to South America. You could send two groups to North America, and then meet for the final in North America, Central America, Central America, <laughs> Panama, <laughs> Cuba. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, the Saracens players could go and visit comp- comp- company's house in Panama. <laughs> Perfect for them. Get some business done. Right, come on then. Let's 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 get into this final. And firstly, and, and again, sticking with the positives, you have to congratulate South Africa. It's interesting you just mentioned it was a neutral for one of the quote unquote tier one yep. sides, and that's the third different country that South Africa have won it in. They've won it in Asia. They've won it in the Northern Hemisphere, and they've won it in their home Continent South Africa. Continent, South Africa. Continent. Yeah. It's the third, third continent, third yes. continent, and third country, and third, and, and third country. But just to highlight that, not only have they won it again after twelve years, they've won their third out of seven World Cups that they've participated in, but they've done it again um, without home field advantage, and you know, you know, about as far away from um, South Africa as you can get culturally and all the rest of it. So, I mean, fair play. It's awesome. Fair play, and you, yeah. after that first game, and as I'm well. so glad they won. I'm not glad because they beat England. I'm glad because of the way that they won it. And I'm, you know, in a week where we've had Rugby X, and you know, 
everyone whining about skills. You know, it's skills of the future. Teach <laughs> teach skills to kids. This, that, and the other. I'm so glad that big men won the, won the Rugby World <laughs> Cup. Bludgeoning big men. Uh, and it, it fills my heart with joy. It fills my heart with joy that, <laughs> that, that like the scrimmage meant something too. And we're so the, quick. The scrimmage meant everything. Exactly, it meant everything. everything. It, yeah, everything. The, like the set piece was important. Uh, yeah. Line up and the scrum. Um, and that's sort of what rugby should be about. Uh, it, you know, there is skills are great, but only if you've done all the fundamentals. And I yeah. loved watching them put the fundamentals in. Well, I mean, the scrum has been depowered. Over the last few years, it, yes. that, that, it has been. Well, what happened? I mean, scrums used to be scrums are the old concussions, right? Because it used to be everyone is going to be a, um, everyone is going to have serious injuries, and no one will ever be able to play yep. rugby again if we don't address the scrum. Yeah, it doesn't strike me that they solved any of the issues with the scrum to start with, but they've just moved on to something else now. Well, they took out the the hit, which was. I mean, and the hit's more for resetting. It's not really the hit was removed, so the scrum set was more stable. But it, it was also that you're taking a lot of a massive amount of impact. So I, I agree, no, it does really. it stabilizes the scrum, and that was one of the reasons that you're doing it. But you had teams using it as an attacking weapon. So Adam Jones, yeah. when they took out the hit, his career went downhill. Yeah, I mean there is there was some real technique in getting that hit right. But yes. interestingly, they had a scrum machine. I've mentioned this before in France, made by a missile manufacturer. I want to say it's like the, the Talus Group or, or someone like that. And this scrum machine, like, it, it was big data before big data, I guess, and measuring everything. And one of the things they found out is it was the hit. Not the fact that people were buckling and falling down because the hit pressure was so great. They were hitting and bouncing back out the scrum, and that's what was uh, for, forcing scrums down. Yeah, you weren't able to get a clean bind. That's right, yeah. So you're getting an uneven bind. Yeah. But yeah. This game did... It really showed the value. You're, you're exactly right, Jay, the point you made before. You can ha- have all the skills, and all the skills are brilliant. If you don't have the fundamental building blocks, you've got to earn the right to exactly. show, showcase your skills. If you fail to do that, you will get destroyed. Exactly, exactly. And it was good to, it was good to see, not because it was England, just because I love that, that brand of rugby. Yes, and even notwithstanding that, and there's no denying that, as you say, the, the scrum was incredibly important but it wasn't just important because of the field position and the points that it gave South Africa I think they got six penalties in the first half from a scru- from scrums and nine of their 12 points in the first half came from scrum, scrum penalties I mean that's huge but Massive. It, not just that but what I found disappointing about it was the psychological if- impact it had on the England side and in absolute stark contrast I talked on last week's podcast after the semi-final about it just being it blowing my mind seeing the shocked expression like the the thousand yard stare on Kieran Reid and Sam Whitelock men who've won two World Cups and yeah. over a hundred caps each and you saw that same thousand yard stare on England yeah. guys after ten and minutes. You know, that's what's yeah. the, you know, so for all the things that teams talk about leadership and you know we're so confident and this that and the other until you, you know metaphorically until you get punched in the face you don't really know uh, that same happened to Kieran Reid and I would have liked to have seen England try to figure out that scrum a little bit smarter. I don't know exactly what what they could have done, but I'm sure there are things and the, you know they should have done, they needed to do something. And yeah. I think given the players it had to come from management and I would have made a, a change early doors actually. Uh, well they well they were forced into it and we'll never know we'll never know what would have happened had Carl Sinclair. Yeah. I mean I been don't think field. Kyle Sinclair is the answer to the scrummage per se, but maybe you know you make yeah. the South Africans work a bit harder. We'll, we'll never know. All that the whole scrummage dominance might have happened if Kyle, we didn't see a single scrum with Kyle Sinclair, 
they might have been that dominant with him in because they simply targeted so heavily the scrum. Mm. We don't know that. What what I would attribute is the way that England played as a consequence of yes, um, knowing knowing the fact that if they play too risky rugby and they have a knock on, it's not a knock on. They are giving a penalty to South Africa. Yes. So they played such... By contrast to how they played against Australia for the first 65 minutes, yep. how they played against Argentina in the second half, how they played against New Zealand, they played so narrow and ended up going down that one-out rugby route. I know. Which is the last thing yeah. you want to do against South Africa. It's, some, it's something that? amazing that, that South Africa... It's like one of those tractor beams in sci-fi mu- movies <laughs> that just drag you in. South Africa just make you play the way they want you to play. Well, yeah. I've got an unpopular opinion for, for you. Um, it just showed the quality of the Welsh performance to be within three points of South Africa and to play them at their own game. You know, it, it maybe it wasn't as mad as we all thought. Yeah, and with a huge number of injuries as well. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that is a great point from this game. Yeah, perhaps. I think South Africa... In contrast to England, who were way off where they were mentally and in inaccuracy and in, in every measure, South Africa were a lot better. What they, did you they make? They best, were. A, they saved the yeah, best rugby for the they final. Did, they did. So there's a few things I'd like your opinion on. What was what was your take on? I think five minutes in, England play a backs move from underneath their own sticks. Was that just yeah. extreme oh, confidence or was that madness? Um, well, so my, my take on that was, and I understand. I understand the decision. I think the, they'd obviously spoken about South Africa are dropping all three all three of their back three players right back, yep. expecting kicks. Yeah. If we just kick it, we've got Cheslin Colby, Vili LaRue and Mapimpi just in the backfield waiting for it. We can't just let them do that. We have to make them, we have to keep them honest and make them uh, join the defensive line and then that will give us more space to then kick into. And there was a few times when George Ford actually kicked really well uh, territorially and found grass. But it was. Uh, it wasn't just that. It was the the pass from Owen Farrell behind the sticks was woeful. It, it was it hit the deck. Yeah. The pass from Ben Youngs, over like the going, head. going for the miracle pass over the head of um, Anthony Watson oh, into touch. The pass from Billy Vunapola in his own twenty-two picking up from number eight and just throwing it yeah. on, on on the deck. It was like where was this team that had the Japan like yeah, handling yeah. of last week? Because the conditions Pressure. as well. They, it, they they spoke about the conditions in the game and said. It's been a, a perfectly dry, nice temperature, low humidity, um, reasonable temperature. It is the perfect conditions to play attacking, handling rugby. So there's no, you can't blame anything on that. You can blame it on pressure. Yeah. And, and you can partially, potentially blame it on they did, perhaps they played their final a week too early. They were so built up. And Maybe Gatlin was right a, about that. Yeah. He's very rarely so, wrong. Such a game plan to beat the All Blacks and so efficiently destroyed the All Blacks that... They couldn't do it. So, in, uh, so, so I don't actually think that. I, don't, I mean, I was thinking at the time, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. well, Johnny May tapped and went on his own twenty-two. Did you see that as well? Well, uh, because they don't want lineouts. <laughs> it was yeah, again. It's put, South Africa yeah. make you play. Yeah. Wales did the same I thing mean, last week. They never kicked a touch because I mean, it's not the first time they've taken quick taps like that. They, no. they really sped up the, the tempo in the Argentina game. All, different all game, kind of game, it, you might argue. It's a, dif- it's a different game. It's a different calibre of opposition, but it's the same strategy. Yeah. They tapped, went, and then rather... Because uh, uh, it was only a free kick, remember? They tapped, went, and then they did a box kick, which stayed in field uh, on, that, on that Johnny May tap and go inside his own 22. So I understand why they did it. But again, and, and you've got to credit South Africa for this, England were forced to play at a ridiculously slow tempo. 
they were forced to yeah. to not kick because they had their three guys back there and they, 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 they were forced to scrum and fear giving away penalties. And they couldn't get through that South African defence. That's the other thing. I mean, they just lined up well, with, big, with big bodies... And yes. they slammed everyone. Yes, I don't want to. I don't want to criticise the defence because it was heroic. It was super. Oh, I mean, the defence was, was superb. superb. But they, and was South superb. Africa made their defence easy by slowing the ball down at the rook. Yes, if very effectively. They played the referee. What was disappointing was we we said uh, on our podcast on Thursday, South Africa will slow the ball down at the rook. Yeah. Like, and Eng- if we England knew that, failed. so we knew that. The England team must have known that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I they have no failed, for it. Yeah, they failed to counter And that, that's what's disappointing. Yeah. Yes. England failed to so, come up with a strategy. Well, or or maybe maybe the big lesson is um, we should be in charge of the England side. Well, because uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure. sure <laughs> I identified that. I'm not sure we came up with an effective strategy yeah. to counteract it. Well, no, I that's true. We at least identified we, the we issue. We identified the issue. I think I might mention something last week which would have been of interest. Uh, it's particularly with hindsight now, which is you don't pick two sevens to beat two sevens. Two sevens ruin other people's uh, breakdowns, but they don't look after your own. And maybe they did need a big, a bigger bodied guy to hit rucks, like uh, a James Haskell who just clears out everything. And I tell you, the guy who can do that, Mark Wilson. Mark Wilson is a bloody phenomenal rucker. So he just sees a ruck and he destroys everything within a ten yard radius. I think <laughs> I think Tom Curry and Sam Underhill are excellent at. at- Clean, cleaning rocks out. That work. Yeah, I mean, because but usually by virtue of being the first people there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely fair. Fair, but like a James Haskell in his prime was great at that because he would work hard to the rock and then he he would just blow everything away. I'll tell you who they were missing. Miles Benjamin. Miles Benjamin. Yes. Miles Benjamin. Yes, Phil on the wing. Yes. Serious rocking. <laughs> Every other rock hit. Um, yeah. So. You know, the two sevens t- for me didn't work particularly well this game, and I wonder if they should have adapted that adapted that strategy. Uh, and the other one as well I'd like to mention is just the sheer quality of the performance from uh, Dwayne Vermaelen. I mean, you spoke about those three guys at, at the back, and I know number eights do go back to gather kicks, but you just saw the importance of having a big guy in the air, someone that you can't shift, you can't knock out the way. And he'd gather that ball and just start charging forward. He was a menace at the breakdown as well. And again, menace at the breakdown. And again, a bigger guy who you can't yeah. move. Yeah, which is which is one thing we said. Yeah. Those, it's all well and good clearing Surveyor, Kane, Hooper, Pocock, all about 100 kg. When you're trying to clear 120 kg Dwayne Verballen, 127 kg Etzmer, 130 kg Malherb. Yep. It's a different ball game. Isn't 120 it? kg Peter Steftatoy. He was amazing. Well, at what point did you think, like, like not just oh, this isn't good. At what point did you think, oh, we're gonna, we're, we're losing this, we're going down. First scrum for me. So I turned around to my friend and said, I'm going to put a bet on here for a, for a 15 point win for South Africa after about 10 minutes, and I bottled it because I just failed in my accumulator the night before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I thought basically within the first 10 minutes, if England don't don't get some sort of toehold in the game, and that was the disappointing part, they never established any sort of. Well, it's interesting that because the, the point I made a note of it here that uh, during the game I just went three um, nil down. Uh, the, uh, well, this is we've just lost it. So we were three nil down. And F- George Ford put in a really great tactical kick, found grass deep in South African territory, forced Vili LaRue to kick it out, and England had a line out in between the 10-metre line and the, t- and the 22. And I thought, right, here we go. 
Yep. Here we go. This is yeah. the attacking position. Let's go. And we ballsed up the line out. Yeah. Then that led to. Was then that, that meant it was steal? a steal. Uh, sorry. Was that a steal from Peter Stafford? Uh, Laws knocked it on. It was uh, under. It was under pressure, but Laws knocked it on. So we ballsed up the line out. So it all slowed down again. The scrum took two minutes before it was taken. This is the other thing. These scrums have got to be sorted out. Cause Why? They were great. They take No, but they take, the scrums were great, but they take so long. So I, I actually said this time. to Phil, right? And this is no word of a lie. I was in, the, I was in his um, very, very nice uh, genteel party. And I said, <laughs> I much prefer this pace of game. Because I like to spread the game out over two and a half hours or, or, or whatever it is. <laughs> the, you, this this, time, this the, the, the amount of time it takes to get a scrum set is it's getting ridiculous anyway it doesn't matter so we ballsed up a line out after the first time we had really good territory and I thought right here we go we knocked on the line out scrum penalty uh, and but but it was a penalty which should never have been a penalty and there was a few of those because uh, South Africa pushed before the ball was in Garces gave the oh. penalty Garces <laughs> gave the penalty and Jamie George stood up and said to Garces you heard it on the ref mic how how can that be a penalty for that? The ball wasn't in. Yeah, yeah. Jamie George's job there is to shut up and then push harder earlier. Then yeah, that, 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 that's his job. Well, no, you don't push before the ball's in. It doesn't matter. But anyway, if, if they are, but, you, uh, you do. But at that point, I said, I, 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 I said, we've lost. We've lost. We've yeah. lost. So I left it a lot later than that, and it was the there was the penalty just before halftime on the 39th minute, which yeah. made it a six point game, and then. After 45 or 46 minutes, there was a scrum in, just inside England's half that South Africa destroyed mm. us. They slot the penalty. They make it... After 45 minutes, it's a nine-point game. And the whole trend and trajectory yeah. of the game was going so far away from us. And I was like, right, that is it. And after that, after I kind of resigned to that, before then, it was the hope. It was the hope that, no, we can turn this around. We can... We can play like we did against the All Blacks. Yep. We can change this. And the hope... There was, just, no, de- there was just, no threat, was there? There wasn't. And it, I come back to the point I made earlier, which was because a, a knock-on from us was so costly. Yeah. A knock-on is not just a knock-on. A knock-on is actually either three points if you're in your own half or it's a line-out 50 metres downfield if you're in their half. Yeah. It was so costly. We were so narrow. And there was a period in the first half where... England had the three-minute advantage. Yeah, where England did, that was ridiculous. Did, did nothing other than play one-out rugby. I know, and then I just ended up that, going though. backwards and backwards and. Well, backwards. no, there wasn't just one-out rugby. When they did go wider, uh, they then went to like, what? They, what are you doing, Ben Youngs? It could just. Um, Oh no, Elliot Daly, sorry, could just give the ball to Sam Underhill, but no, I'll go for the big looping the, miracle ball. But the problem with that was but they, you've they, seen only that. Play, they only played wide yeah. once they had burnt every single option yeah. they had, once every forward had carried like three yeah. or four times. Yeah, I yeah. think I remember saying at this passage of play, like they looked knackered. Both they of were, both the Vanapola boys were walking back into position. But they, they, now, the Vanapola boys made five yeah. or six carries it, in that in that one session. It isn't a knock on their ability or their work rate. They've just had to carry too much in that phase of play, yeah. Um, and 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 because, well, I mean, it's a chicken and an egg thing. It's they played one out rugby, but, uh, and, and I'm not uh, right. Okay, so Twitter is a ridiculous place, what? as we know. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is a ridiculous place. You you two things can be true except on Twitter. So <laughs> South Africa can be the best team, won on merit, deserved to win, played the best rugby. Defence amazing. D- defence amazing, just strategy right. just right, tactically brilliant, scrum overpowered. Amazing. And I can think also 
Jerome Gar says didn't make it the spectacle that that deserved to be. I don't. I thought he did fine. I honestly. I so that, so the, the reason I bring it up at that point is that three minute advantage, which was ridiculous in in itself. Yes, it was ridiculous. I was certain the advantage had gone. Yeah, because they had a try scoring opportunity. Yes, they had a try scoring. So opportunity. we had a bit of blazing row about this. <laughs> yeah, like I I I think thirty five phases or whatever it is is too much. Call me old fashioned, especially <laughs> when you get within one yard of the try yeah. line. Yeah, that is a try scoring opportunity. Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm a bit of I'm someone who says if you. <laughs> If you go for a drop goal or go for a kick, crossfield kick, and your player's up to compete for it right near the try line and you miss it, well, that's your, that's your opportunity gone. Yeah, bye. That's what you chose to do. Um, so, uh, but but that whole passage, I've watched it again, and it's what we it's what we said about Gar says last week, and it's what he does. So I'm not surprised, and England should have dealt with it better. Yeah. But man alive, I thought when that first penalty of the game happened within a minute from Courtney Laws, I thought, brilliant. I I mean, it was bad, bad start for England, but I thought, brilliant. He's going to blow his whistle straight away on rucks. (laughs) If there's any infringement, great. Yeah. Because he gave Courtney Laws no time. It was half a second. Half a second, like, done. I mean, the ball could have come out quite quite, quite easily. But, But so I thought, great. And then there was the one on 10 minutes with Itoji where Itoji jackaled. And you know, I had a cup of tea, and then uh, and then a South African arrived, and South Africa got the penalty, uh, got the got the scrum somehow, which turned into a penalty. But that three minute passage, like, I mean, fair play, they are savvy and they are cynical, and they played it brilliantly, and I applaud South Africa for it because they played to the referee, but the referee allowed so yeah, much I mean, time for South Africans to put their hands on the ball. I, I get that, but then if that's the case. Why not kick the ball to South Africa and use Underhill and Curry to do exactly the same thing? I mean, they're perfectly well equipped to do so. Well, we, we saw, well, th- there were a couple of occasions, as with the Toji where I mentioned, I mean, where the it was like, one was like uh, horrendous. So haven't you just like anyway? But yeah. but rugby incident, Tim. But but South Africa dealt with it better, played the ref better, and that's what you have to do. And. Um, but I found that passage incredibly frustrating because I don't know with the chicken or egg. Yes, England lacked a bit of imagination and weren't and, and were just going one out rugby. But that was partly a consequence of the fact that Garces was just allowing people to lie all over the ball and hold on to it yeah, but, for that extra couple of know, seconds. I, yeah, it's, it's, I just say go and do the same thing to South Africa, and that's a lack of leadership in my mind because someone needs to say, boys. They're doing it. We either have to counter that, or we need to do it do it ourselves. Well, e- Jamie George standing up in the scrum saying, "Sir, they're pushing too early." Don't care. Well, Eng- 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 early. well England kind of did. This is what I say. I'm talking yeah. about the spectacle in general, not just England losing. But I thought the spectacle I, was marvelous. I, I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't think the spectacle was what it could be because South Africa showed in the last ten minutes when it got loose and it was, uh, you know, that England were absolutely goosed that they could just that they have they have the talent to to rip them to shreds, um, and I think. Uh, a Nigel Owens or a Wayne Barnes would have facilitated South Africa still winning, yeah, but it would have been more of a spectacle. Oh, I don't know. I was quite happy with how it went personally. Um, <laughs> I, not the result. I, just, I loved the game. I loved the physicality of it. I loved how he let the scrimmage develop. Um, I mean, it wasn't Garcia's losing the lineout. Do, so do you do you think neutrals? I mean, because you're. Not, I don't know. I do not know what other people think. I, mean, I don't he, think they would like, have liked people, that game. There's some people like uh, some people, some people like t- touch rugby. I don't know how other people think, but. Um, for me, it's very enjoyable. Mm. I, and it doesn't matter which... I mean, I found the Wales game enjoyable because it was a fascinating tactical battle. So maybe don't take my word too, too much yeah. on, uh, on yeah. it. But I liked it. Fair enough. Uh, but that was... The two tries were South Africa's first ever tries in a World, World Cup, Cup final. final. Is that right? <laughs> in th- in the, their um, third World, uh, third the World Cup MPP final. The MPP one was pretty special. 
Yeah, that not because it, of how good it was. It's because Am passed the ball and didn't even look, look to see if MP was going to He just wandered off. Yeah. Coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the second try, when you are, after whatever it was, 76 minutes, when you are absolutely gassed, the last thing you want to see is... Cheslin <laughs> Colby. Turn over the ball straight to Cheslin Colby. That was some try, wasn't and it? And was, it was Farrell... Farrell inside him was Dan Cole and Joe Marler treading water inside him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, missed tackles matter, you see. <laughs> Even though we cut inside, weirdly, they, they, they do matter. Um, I, I would have made some changes if I was Eddie Jones. I think Marler should have come on much earlier. In fact... Much earlier than 45 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes. I think we, I wanted to see some old-fashioned Eddie nastiness. Do you know when he hooked... Uh, Who's the Burrell? Luther Minor Harrison. Yep, boys, get off. This isn't for you. That and the I other mean, one would have been given how well was Mako that bad? Mako was holding the, up his end of the scrum. Uh, you it know, was get, they were getting absolutely holding, pasted on the tight head side, yeah, not but the if loose head going, side. You know, if you're going forward on one side, it does affect the other side. And I thought, I thought when Marla came on, the scrum actually improved on his side. So Marla definitely. Uh, the other guy as well I would have started with would have been George, George Cruz. I think he's better equipped to handle the South African power than Courtney Laws. Courtney Laws is better to come on late, later on with a bit of impact, but actually he's not a huge bloke, not in the same way that uh, well, Cruz is. I think, well, what would you have shepherd crooked Laws? No, I wouldn't have started him. Well, that's easy to say with hindsight, but I actually think given the way the game panned out, taking taking off Laws after just after half-time... Wilson would have started... As, as, uh, as well instead or, of well that's a good point because with hindsight I mean if I told you if I told you Underhill you'd think I was, in, I, I was insane going into the yeah. game I would have said but now insane. looking but I mean that's why Eddie Jones gets paid £600,000 a year and I do a podcast so you know it is <laughs> it's, it is for him to make these decisions and I think um, you know I, I said it on the last podcast you need something different to, to protect breakdowns hmm no, if, if I, think, us, I think it's it is great saying stuff like that with hindsight. Yeah, but well, look, if no we had, one, no one would have made those calls before the yeah. game. I mean, we all called England to win, but between the three yeah. of us, we actually outlined a pretty good way of how South Africa would, well, would play. I, I, if, I, 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 if we know that, I would just highlight in our in our pre World Cup podcast at Twickenham, uh, I did actually. I was the only one of the three of us that said South Africa would win the tournament. You did. What did I say? France. You said France. Although we all predicted a South Af- South Africa would get to the final. Yeah. We did. And if, yeah, by definition, I had to pick France. Yes, because you'd already predicted. Yeah, there's there nowhere else for me to go. <laughs> and France would have won that yesterday. I have no doubt France would have won that. <laughs> which, is the, which is the shame of the whole tournament. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn because, uh, as we said at the, at the start of the podcast, there's, there's, you know, England did incredibly well to get there, played some brilliant rugby, have one of the youngest, I think it was the young, that was the youngest ever side that's played a World Cup final. Yeah. Which, which is one of the... I was after a fair few beers last night. I was looking for positives, and that was one of the positives. I was running through that team and saying, "Well, other than Dan Cole, who's thirty-three, pretty much everyone will be potentially available." Well, okay, for, for so the, for if there's a World Cup in four years' time, yeah, uh, there's a few things which which happen now. I mean, World Cup cycles are so brutal, aren't they? Because you, do, you know it's so finite. I don't know how the boys pick themselves up for the autumn internationals or what that sort of rugby looks like when they eventually play. I mean, that's going to be an incredibly weird uh, couple of games. Um, I do think we're going to see a changing of the guard for England. 
Not necessarily because their players are too old, but I think they've got so much young talent behind them. Uh, too. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going along with that. For the reason I just said that it's such a young... Well, Young's is going to go, right? Well, uh, No, I don't think so. I would say Young's would go. I'd say Laws is going to go. No. Uh, no, Laws won't go. What's Laws, 30? I don't think that matters. Uh, win the next game. Laws is 30. Win the next game. Yeah, I, look, I'm with you on that. I think you should win the next game. But we all know how, how World Cup cycles are. Well, Eddie Jones, is it? Well, is Eddie Jones going to stay in charge for the next couple of years? I think he has to. I think there's a compelling so. argument that he should. I, I would definitely I, want him. I would I'd definitely want him for, I would say, for the full next World Cup cycle. What? So he, he's he's contracted until 2021. Uh, he's got to go. I don't, like, I don't like having the half and half World Cup cycle. Yeah. Um, is that one or the other? Yeah, and I, I well, it did all right. Razzy Erasmus managed it all right. He, he did, he did. So maybe Gatland for the for the final two years. Yeah, well, let that have a couple of years in New Zealand, Gats, then come on back. Tell I you would, what, I, I would definitely have Eddie Jones for the next four years. I would say if he if if your choice is Eddie for two and Gatland for two, you'd be mad not to take it. Other than that, I think you move on from Eddie Jones now. It's it's no, been I don't, who too who too and and the the right. So one thing you can say is that squad. Unlike a couple of years ago, where it appeared like there was there were cracks and there were maybe issues, and people were talking about training regimes and stuff, that group were incredibly happy and motivated and totally. Behind they are Eddie until Jones. they're not, though. I mean, I've always said this: they are until they're not. But they are. Uh, so, so, so he shouldn't. He, I, I, I don't see the logic of saying now. A couple of years ago, I might have been. I, I was. I would have said, or eighteen months ago, I would have been saying, "Oh, Eddie, Eddie Jones will do the World Cup." Then he'll go. The whole I think most confidence people thing, I think, is a veneer. I think a lot, a lot, actually, a lot of these rugby cultures are just veneers. Um, whether they be talking about how much they care about their mothers in meetings or being great citizens or whatnot, it's all nonsense. And I think England and England are no difference. They say that they're happy, and we've got. To, I mean, what else are they going to say? What else would you possibly say if you were in the England World, World Cup well, camp? Other than this is not, the best. France, it's not, it's not just saying they're happy. It's when you go. Are on they in, actually happy? When you go on Instagram and you look at them having coffee with the boys, or going around Disneyland together, <laughs> or going around Harajuku together. They genuinely they do. Yeah, look. and there's probably two minders with cattle prods saying smile whilst we get <laughs> like get this on in, uh, get this on Instagram, <laughs> and then they don't speak to each other afterwards. <laughs> and when the, and when yeah. when professionally, I mean, you don't have to all be best mates, but but when professionally they come together and play what people were talking about yeah. as the best rugby that's been played in the last four years. Do you think by you, any team? Do you think you can get away with being a top class international rugby team without being best mates? Yeah. I think you could do. I, think I, I don't. Difficult. I don't think. I don't think England are in that position. Yeah, yeah. No, just a general question there. I, I'm, so if you think about well, it's, your, it's like, it's like it should be like any job, really, shouldn't it? No, because the army is not like any job, and I guess professional sports is more like the armed forces than anything else. Which is, you're not trained to fight for king country. You're trying. You're trained to fight for the guy next to you, and I think that does matter, particularly in team sports, contact sports like, like rugby. I, I believe it does matter. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it, it does. Hated Phil. Best, best, best mates. <laughs> I would maybe qualifying the the best mates. You can. You need to know. You need to care about the yes. guy next to you. Yeah. Yes. You can't just be an absolute, absolute arse. Yeah. I guess. Um, but I, I think this England team do have that. From from everything that I've seen, and I have absorbed a lot of content over this World Cup. Oh, you've made a lot of content over this World Cup. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really think they've got that, and so I I don't. I would not be calling Freddie Jones's head I, at all. I, no, I'm not calling his head, but I think once the contract runs out... In that's, two that's years. years. But it's, isn't he meant to be transitioning to another coach now? Wasn't that, that, the that was a potential oh, yeah. option yes. if they have the right candidate. I think that's yeah. a mess. 
I, th- I think that is a mess. Yeah, I, I think you've got to have full cycles. Yeah. I know, I know Razzie's just done it on two years. But I Imagine being the guy trying to work with Eddie Jones. Um, yeah, yeah. That's on the tra- I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alpha males. <laughs> Gatland. Imagine trying to integrate Gatland. With Eddie Jones. I, with no. Eddie Jones. No, no. In fairness, um, John Mitchell, which we all called out as being a potential disaster, yep. that has been very, very good in England's defence. John Mitchell year. could be England's next coach. Um, <laughs> I never liked the number two going to number one. Dean Ryan. Dean Ryan. I, you have called it before. Dean Ryan, there we go. That's our man. Very highly thought of in the RFU. But well, he, he's got to carry have, on, though. Who, who, genuinely, who would you have? I hate to say Rob Baxter's star might be declining a little bit. I I want Rob Baxter to... After games. So, it's two, it's two no, games. no, what I mean is, I don't want Rob Baxter... Four, ba- four consecutive Premiership finals, is, uh, yeah, that's, that's terrible. But what I'm saying is, does Rob Baxter find himself in a situation where um, the ex-to-lose coach was, which is... The game has passed him by. You want to have him at his height, which is probably now. You don't want to wait two years and then maybe he comes in and the game's moved on. You know, a few, you know, a few extra steps. Get him in now. Eddie Jones did what he did with Japan. He's been to two World Cup finals. Uh, yeah, three, it, three World, three World Cup, finals. Cup finals. Sorry, if you want, if you kind of want pedigree, you've got it there. There were yeah. there were question marks eighteen months ago. He's answered those question marks now. What about Jamie Joseph? For me. So he, he would, sorry? What about Jamie Joseph? Would you we'll have just, him? Just have a repeat. Yeah, just get Jamie Joseph in. Well, if it was Scott a disaster, Brown, if we were knocked Brown, out in the pool stages, as in 2015, then I'd go with you. But we just lost in a World Cup final. And I, I regard that as, on reflection, disappointing, but a success. But so if, if, the argument isn't really that, is it? The argument is, if Eddie is true to his word, like he was when he talk, spoke, uh, took up the job, said, I know when I'm leaving... The contract extension is literally just an extension of that. The idea is they've got to phase someone in anyway. Well, it, yeah, o- options are all open at the minute. Yeah, but I wouldn't want that as the RFU. No. And, and you just said you wouldn't want it. No, absolutely not. So if Eddie Jones walked away now, Jamie Joseph might be the most appropriate man. Because I don't... The Baxter thing, I love Rob Baxter. My concern would be he has done it in one environment and he's done it very successfully in four, and taking them to that point... Uh, from nowhere, from the championship and below, and four consecutive premiership finals and the development of talent and all that is amazing. He has done it in one setup. Yeah, it's not like a Jamie Joseph or an Ed- Eddie Jones who has done it, or John Mitchell, um, with mixed results for John Mitchell. But um, I'm trying it's to not like that... people who've done it all over the world. So the the... the the guy that I'm thinking of, who I'm not sure if England have anyone Steve like this, Steve Diamond. Maybe the one setup uh, would be true of that as well. Okay, but um, Russia. He's done Russia. Someone who, someone who's doing, um, who's making all the right moves to get a job like this in the future. It'd be someone like Ronan O'Gara. I thought you were going to say Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd is interesting. So Ronan O'Gara is Ronan okay. O'Gara just the, so the, let me the critique breadth the... of his experience is incredible. Yeah, but let me just critique the Ronan O'Gara thing, which is very smart. Until this season, he's never had a head job, has he? So he's head, head no, coach of La Rochelle no, now. No, no, and I, I'm, I'm thinking he's on the right trajectory. He's on the, yeah, he's on the so trajectory. I would never say Ronan O'Gara going for the island job now. And I think if he got appointed as the island job now, which obviously won't be, that would be an absolute disaster. That would be literally the worst move he could make. Yep. He needs to continue on the trajectory. He's got wins with La Rochelle now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. I like what he's done because he's never been the head man. So you can go to Canterbury, you can go to Racing, you can go everywhere. You never carry the can, but you gain the experience. He, he's actually doing like a almost a reverse John Mitchell, 
which is be head man everywhere and don't do anything and then become a secondary guy. Yes. Yes, I like that. Which is, I prefer the Ogara approach to building up to the head man. Yes. Agreed. Ogara for England? But I definitely... Not yet. I, I definitely think it's quite, it's quite a football kind of mentality uh, to say, right, get all the young guys in now. Because England, because it was the a pro- rugby mentality. No, it's very much a football thing. You used to hear it about England all the time after every major tournament. Get rid of all them. Get in a load of kids. Problem is, if you're working on four-year cycles, I mean that's exactly basically what um, what's his name did Lancaster. Lancaster. Well, Lan- that- what Lancaster did, and he paid the price. For he it. paid the price <laughs> for it. But that, but that was very that was that was very, quite unique circumstances. The age profile of the team in the 2011, 2011 World Cup was aging. Yeah. Long in the tooth, and a lot of players were retiring. You know Whereas now, as we say, the youngest team ever to play in a World Cup final. So, do you know what they um, put it down to? The weird ages of the England team. Some people do, at least. They go all the way back to 2003. So, the 2003 team were together for so long. When they won the World Cup, they almost retired en masse. Yeah. It was a disaster for England, yeah. actually. Yeah. And then the next England team came in, and there was no kind of like, you know, the second string would be, I don't know, probably people like. The, Dave Flatman, David Barnes, those sort of guys never really got have got a fair shot. They wouldn't they all, they wouldn't get blooded like um, like they do now. And since then, England's age profile has been all over all over the show, all the way up until you get to Lancaster, who then ripped it ripped it all up and started again. We, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And arguably, the 2019 vintage benefited from that because there's a lot of players that have got a lot of caps at, yeah. their, at their relatively tender ages. Yeah, yeah. I think there'll be. I, th- I think there should be some turnover and, and, and some change. I, I, I think we just carry on, win every game. Yeah, and there, there will there will be young guys if they're good enough, they'll learn their spot as Tom Curry and Sam Underhill have done, for example. Where the places that England do need it, they need another option for inside centre. Yep. Other than Owen Farrell or Manu Tuolagi, because Piers Francis is not it. Nope. Um, they need another option for fullback, which Anthony Watson might be. But yeah. they need another option. They do need another option for scrum half. Hundred percent. They need another two options. Yes. I yeah, agree with that. And tight head prop. Uh, but they've got some good tight head props. Harry Williams got a nice. Harry Williams, bloody hell. But you, you do. You need other guys with the international experience. Well, some of those and this is where this is where actually you you, you can, I think, have some legitimate criticism of Eddie Jones. For this World Cup, and overall, that's that's not to discredit all of the positives, but we were not lone voices. Every lots of people, ex-players, um, journalists, whatever, were all saying, "What's going on with the scrum half situation? What? What? Why have so few players had any game time? Yep. Why is he only taken two? And and the same with tight head prop. So. Same with tight head prop. Scrum half situation. You've had four. You've had four years to solve this conundrum, and we're left with just two tight head props to take. One of them is Dan Cole. Yeah. So the yeah. scrum half. Oh uh, yeah. By the way, do, uh, hand you talk Rory McConaughey. No knock on him, but did, they, did he yeah. need to go for eleven minutes? Yeah. Joe Cocker and Singer. Did he need to go for Piers Francis? Piers Francis. Did he need to go? No. Of course yeah. not. But Jack, the old Jack Noel, was Jack Noel Rory McConaughey. Yeah. Jack Noel Rory McConaughey and Joe Fucking Singer. Maybe a scrum half. Who could potentially slot on a wing if you got desperate late yep. in the game? And a tight head prop. Dan Robson would have been ideal for that, really. Because Razzy yep. Erasmus's take on the scrum um, is not that South Africa are way better than England at scrummaging, but he said because... Of I guess the, they cared more. Because they've got three of them in each position, 
He said, when you look at the amount of minutes that they've played over the tournament, he said ours were fresher. He said, he said the England players played way more minutes over I, the World uh, Cup. Even, even missing a game, even missing a game, Kyle Sinclair, Dan Cole, whatever, Mako Vinopola, had all played way more minutes than their South African counterpart. And he said, over seven weeks... Sure, that's a good thing, though. Well, he said, over seven weeks, but that does have an impact. The, the games against Tier 1 nations... Um, Clive Woodward in the, his book after 2003 described it as like being in a 60 mile an hour car crash. Yes. Those high end games. And you're. you're and they were small it. then. You do, yeah, they, they were, were normal blokes they then. Were, were, they were lighter than the under 20s are now. Yeah. So you're doing it week after week after week after week after week. And it, it, it is. I mean, Sinclair obviously played two minutes of the game, but he was touch and go to actually even play that yes. game. Yes. So minutes. Uh, right. hobbled off. Exactly. There, exactly. Must, there must be a ratio somewhere. Of how many minutes you should accrue over what time period? But so that would be five hundred well, minutes player. over two I, years or something. I think if the he- I think if the he- if the head coach of the World Cup winning side, whose scrum just annihilated the opposition scrum, says, I don't think it's because England aren't as good at scrummaging. I think it's because my players were fresher because they I they do. played he, less minutes. I I'm, I might yeah. take I might take Razi Rasmus's word. Yeah, but it's all guesswork. I mean, I honestly think it's all guesswork because if. If he, re- if I mean, if that could be empirically proven, or should I say, if Eddie Jones doesn't think that, well, I'm I'm happy to listen to Eddie Jones. Or if Warren Gatland didn't think that, well, so, I'd, 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 go, I'd listen so, to Warren Gatland. So, so do you think South Africa just miraculously got way better at scrummaging from last week, and England got way worse, or do you think, I think maybe Razi Rasmus might be on something? And better scrimmaging. Yeah, but they didn't. I think they, 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 they didn't. They, they didn't win loads. Of I don't sc- believe that. I, I, as you well know, I don't no, believe they, that. They did. The, the, they got in. They did they get all in? the body fat? Yeah, um, yeah. Calculator they, they, before the game. But South Africa didn't have that sort of dominance against Wales last week. No, and they no. And by the way, Wales. Sort of okay, Even against Canada. They didn't yeah, but have that Wales. Sort of dominance. No. Yeah, Wales have never changed their props. Wales have had pretty much the same props throughout the entire tournament. And and this was a well, this weekend so, was a game too far for them. Uh, yeah, but the scrim. I mean. You know, looking at the two performances, you'd say the Wales performance would be better, particularly at the scrum. So that that argument wouldn't hold up just because it's Wales. And the Wales' props are nowhere near as good as England's props. Right? Well, I think... Or, I, I, or are they? Well, no, they played South Africa a week earlier. Okay. So they had a game less in the tank. And then this weekend was their game. Or maybe, too may, much may, they maybe they're fresher because they played because they played Wales. I, I, think, I, I, I think it's all guesswork. I think a hindsight is always twenty twenty, but Here, it was insane to only take two tight head props. Here, yes, I agree with that. Here's what I think. Right, I think coaches say these things to their players to build up. Do you know that veneer of confidence, that veneer of um, you know sort of the expectation? So they'll say to them, "Hey, look, guys, you guys will feel far fresher than your opposite numbers because we've managed your minutes." And meanwhile, the op- the opposition coach will be saying, "Hey, guys, get on the field now. You're going to be great because you've played more together. You've had more minutes together than than your opposite number." They're all playing games, and if what if Razi Rasmus had won that game with his props having more minutes, he say, "Well, we were just more, we were just more ba- ba- battle hardened." I'm sure it's finger in the air time. It is, and it's. For me, there is no way you can empirically prove it. Partly because every player will be different. Yeah. So, like, it's not about empirically pr- proving, but it's about knowing your players. Billy Vanapola. So, yeah. Billy Vanapola is the example I was going to give yes. before tournament. But if that was a different player, a Kyle Sinclair, perhaps, or Dan mm-hmm. Cole, or Marlow, or whoever it is, a different player with a different constitution, a different attitude, and different recovery rates. It's a different scenario. Yes. So it's about knowing your players. I can't, I can't, dis- I can't disagree with that. Back to tight props. Of course, of course you take three. Of course you do. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre they didn't. Still bizarre. 
particularly so, when they had eight million wingers. Four-year cycle. England, at the very least, need to come up with a Andrew Porter, someone who could Bumba. scrummage both sides, or Jason Leonard, who could who could scrummage both sides if needed, or just. In the next four years, find and cultivate and nurture a tight head prop and a scrum half do you know who, and a fullback. Do you know who the guy is for that? Tight head prop. Avian mm. Lewis Roberts. Um, yes. When the guys to nurture you a tight head, Warren Gatland. Warren Gatland will come in and he'll pick up the eighth best tight head at Doncaster, right? <laughs> and before you know it, he will be the tight head for England for decades to come. He's on the bench for Leeds Met twos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And that's and that's and that's what will happen. You need you don't realise how much you need Gatland and, until he leaves. Mm. God Wales is gonna be a wasteland though. Absolute wasteland. But you know, on a serious note, how did he know Thomas Francis was gonna be this good? How did he know? <laughs> but he did. Thomas Francis is very good at holding up a scrum. That's all he. That's all he wants. It is, it's, that, I wouldn't have minded that on, yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get me Thomas Francis. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, do it. He's English. Honestly, he's English. <laughs> yeah. Donny Prop. Uh, yeah, there, 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 there'll be someone out there. There, there. there will be someone. Well, that, that you could argue is is that and the scrum half depth and the, you could argue is the the two failures of the system. Yeah. To have not brought about a, a tight end prop, which Eddie Jones was confident he could take and would be useful at a World Cup, because clearly he didn't. He didn't think Harry Williams was that. Otherwise, he would have taken. Well, it. I, for the life of me, cannot work out the thought process that says Ben Youngs world class. Everyone else not as good as Ben Youngs. It just doesn't stack up to me. Yeah, it doesn't stack up to me. It doesn't either. stack up to Def- me. Definitely. Uh, I mean, right. that's the biggest crit. And the, the one thing I will say about Eddie, and I think he is genuinely world class at this maybe one of the best um, in the world is his identification of talent he knows talent when he sees it you know, Mark, he's Marcus in, Smith well, Marcus Smith uh, who you saw training with Brighton College or whoever it was as a 16 year old Matt Gitter as I mentioned one million times uh, Ted Hill I, yeah. the, well, Ted Hill's a guy that's going to have to be um, put into consideration Tom Curry or yeah. Ben Curry the one that you picked first yes yes exactly <laughs> Ted Hill uh, again the, the, I, I, I'm, he's, an, he's, he's an exceptional Prospect, but you're saying Ted Hill. That's somebody he's going to have to. Is that based on his performances yeah. or just because he's young? Absolutely, is the boy's a beast. Uh, like, what? He is very good. Oh, he, oh, he is. He, he is very not, good. He's not yet a world class talent. Or no, close to the conversation. No, he will be in a couple of years. That, oh, exactly, few, and that potentially in a few years. And time. that's my point. We should carry on 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 the path we are with this squad. And when Ted Hill's performances warrant it. He'll he'll be introduced in the way that yeah, but Tom know, Curry was. Do you know who they did, did this to? And looking back at it, it was ridiculous. He should have been in the England team four or five years ago. Mark Wilson. Because Mark Wilson was in a, we, a, a we, less trendy pack. Yeah, we were calling um, for him for a long yeah. time. And years. if you don't get you know, sometimes you won't get those performances because if you're not playing in a world class pack like the England pack is, maybe you don't you know, you're not that guy. But you put Ed, Ted Hill or Mark Wilson into the England pack. He's one of your best players. Unless they play in South Africa. Unless you play in South Africa, in which case you don't play him at all. And that's a guy blame, that... Blame, blame Lancaster for that, yep. for not picking Wilson. Exactly right. Um, exactly right, Phil. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just say, um, yeah, Ted Hill could be the next uh, Mark, Mark Wilson, if, 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 if you don't pick him. And that's a guy that will probably so you be... Say you, what, what, JB says Haskell shouldn't have played in 2015. Why would I say that? No, I'm joking. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Um, yeah, Mark Wilson will be another guy who needs to be replaced, because he must be 30-something. Twenty uh, nine. I, I think he's younger than he's younger than he looks. And you don't need to replace someone because they're thirty. Well, thirty four for the World Cup. Look at exactly the point you made earlier. The the yeah, the O three World Cup winning team. He, he was, yeah, he was but they still won a World Cup during the World Cup. Yeah, but they still won a World Cup, right? 
And that's I mean, it depends what you want. Do you want to win every, every I mean, if you win every game, by definition, you'll win the World Cup. So that's fine. Well, but if you're working on when, World Cup cycles, if you want to nurture... I don't, time, I don't like this whole age thing, the get them in because they're young, well, or get you rid nurture, of them because the, their age starts with a three. So how Are you, they going to help you win the next game? Yeah, but how do End you of nurture, conversation. How do you nurture a tight head prop if, if, if you're not willing to do that? Well, well there, is a, there is a gap there, because Dan Cole is not the second best tight prop in the UK. Yeah. Or in, in England. It's probably fair to say that is true. So you, you do it. And Eddie Jones, in fairness, has done it because he had Haskell was a key player for the first two years. Um, Hartley started every game on their, or pretty much every game on their 19-game winning run. Yeah. Um, he's already done it once. Should I think of tight heads England could bring up? Well, it's concerning how few there are. Well, I mean, there's some good lads at Northampton. Painter is uh, quite Aaron like Painter, him. Yeah. Who is the big... Aaron Painter's one. Joe Hayes at Leicester's a young guy. But who he... is the big lad who I always like? Is it Hill? The uh, Paul Hill. Paul, Paul Hill. Hill. I like him a lot, but he doesn't seem to get much game time. Yeah, he seems to be behind. Jamal Ford he's... Robinson, obviously a shoe in. <laughs> obviously, obviously a shoe in. Um, to, to to finish this, yes, yes. Um, I've just looked back at the uh, 2011 squad. Do you know how many props England had in the 2011 squad? Three, th- three and uh, so six, I'd say. I would have said six. Um, so originally they had five. Okay, did they have a swing? Matt Stevens, who could prop on both. Oh, sides. okay. Yeah. And that was pre two um, reserve props on the bench. When Andrew Sheridan, God, it seems like a long time ago, Andrew Sheridan, Sheridan playing. When Andrew Sheridan was ruled out through injury, who was he replaced with? Uh, Andrew Sheridan might have been replaced by Julian White, something like that. Nope. Uh, no, so it would have been a loose head. Uh, no, no, Andrew Sheridan's a tight head, was he not? No, no he was a loose head. head. Yeah, of course, because um, he got knocked out by, Ju- by, by Julian White. He was yeah. a tight head. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Andrew Sheridan. Turner. Was like a... Turner. Nope. You're um, not going to get it, because it's not a prop. What? He, so Martin Corey. Simon Shaw. You are much closer. Uh, much, Martin Borthwick. Corey's the closest you've been. Um, 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 an eight. A, a so, Lester, so a back five. Moody. No, Leicester number eight. Wal- 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 Waltram. But who's so, good, who looks like he could play prop? Maybe it's a mistake. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's like they him off a photo. Find me someone <laughs> the same size and shape as Matt Stevens. Yeah, done. Um, so they went to the World Cup with four props. What? They had Dan Cole, uh, Davy Wilson, Corby Sierra, and Matt Stevens. Wow. As their four props. Davy Wilson seems like a last That's insane. Ago. Yeah, that is crackers. But they had three scrum halves, three hookers. Um, only three centres. Although I guess uh, they had Flood and Wilkinson who could have played 12. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. who wa- Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. The third place match? 
uh, yeah, in bare, the background. Kind of. Didn't see, I've yeah. not even seen the highlights. Yeah, I watched it in the background. It kind of, I don't want to get into it too much. No. And it, it's, it's very easy to say these things with hindsight, but Ben Smith was the best player on the pitch. Ben Smith yeah. was unreal. He was. Weird. Yeah, yes. Weird that unreal players play unreal. Yes. Um, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Wales, Wales did quite well. They did. Um, early on to keep it close, but New Zealand were, so, were far uh, stronger. And it, this, this got me thinking about the... Um, do you remember like... Dungeons and Dragons type games or going back to kind of what was just about my era as a kid Pokemon type games yes. and you play a fire type Pokemon against a grass type Pokemon makes sense fire's gonna win of course you play a water type Pokemon against the, f- the fire type Pokemon the water's gonna win yep and water against grass grass is gonna yeah, win yeah. so you have these little triangles and I I don't quite have it fixed but there is a type of game plan or t- it's not even a type of game plan it's a type of team like Wales cannot Wales can beat South Africa and have done so five out of the last six or, yes. or there or thereabouts Wales can beat England yes Wales cannot beat New Zealand Where there, there is no, no way that Wales can beat New Zealand Wales haven't beaten New Zealand since the 1970s well, look I think Gatlin wants to put on a show uh, <laughs> throw it wide give it give give Lane the ball doesn't work does it we all know it doesn't work why, why bother um, now Twitter being Twitter Obviously, there. Obviously, it's an outrage. In the this is a new one, isn't it? In the age of player welfare, why are they playing a third a third place playoff? Great oh, question. great question. Grow up, grow up. Exactly. <laughs> I'll give you a clue why they do it because it's their job. Their, their job title on their business cards, if they have such a thing, says professional rugby player. It means occasionally you have got to put on your boots and play professional oh, rugby. Do one and get a chance to play. The third best team in the world. Or the second best team in the world, yeah. as the official rankings are um, after the World Cup. I mean, it shouldn't exist because it's not very good. But to say you shouldn't play rugby for player welfare, if we're going to take that example, oh, well, why are we playing these meaningless matches? Cancel half, like, half of the Pro 14. Uh, halfway through the season, right? Look at the bottom half of the, <laughs> half, half of the table and go, right, there's literally no point in you Dead playing rubber. any... Yeah, no, Stop. Yeah, no more... You, just don't play. Don't play. It's dangerous. Um, pre-season friendlies? D- don't do it. Don't no do it. To it. No point. So, what a nonsense. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, I think we should, again, just to go, return it back to some positives, it was fantastic, the the South Africans. I love the fact that Scout Brits is a World Cup winner. Could, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The nicest man in rugby. Who, who retired, who officially retired yeah. after Saracens won everything last year. Uh, no, yeah, everything yeah. this, this did, last season. Just one more year. trophy. Just what and the best one. Yeah, yeah. one the, more trophy. One more trophy. Just make it the best one. We should and, make, and the oldest player yeah. to win a world. We should Cup. make a list of like definitive sports exits. So Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl would be a good one. Yeah, uh, so few players get to yeah. do it on their own turn. Yeah. Johnny Re- Wilkinson bowing out with Heineken Cup. Yeah, yep, that's a good with one. With back to back Heineken Cups. Ray Ray Lewis won a Super Bowl on on his last game. Uh, Try to think of some others. Fair, very, fairy tale endings. Very few. Get so, the fairy tale. Yeah, there you go. Rugby fairy tale endings. Help us out at Rugby Podcast. Tweet us. Who who in rugby has had fairy tale endings? Well, um, Dan Carter. Dan Carter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dan Carter. Although he didn't retire after that. No, you're right, actually, because he went he to Japan. No, he went wild. Rassing in Japan. Yeah, Rassing in Japan. So, no, he, he doesn't... Was that, that was the last was game Richie did? played. Richie. Recorded, yes. Yeah. yeah. Captain in two consecutive World Cup finals. Inductee number 143 to the Rugby World Hall of Fame. Congratulations. And owner of an egg chaser's tie. He is, yeah. yeah he wear, <laughs> he, he, he's wearing that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
obviously a lot's been said about um, Sir Khaleesi. Um, I think he spoke brilliantly after the game. His leadership qualities, are, uh, well, clearly he's, he's, he's done that, but I think he's, he's a great ambassador for the game. There are certain people um, who just have that effect on you. Like I was mentioning last week, um, Johan Ackerman, who I was lucky enough to interview this week on on, on, on Rugby Dungeon. Just, put, just plug that there. For that just, one. just plug that one. Um, Sia Khaleesi would be up there. I mean, we were lucky enough to interview him in Monaco, and he was genuinely amazing. He was just yeah. genuinely amazing guy. Did, was that the audio that we lost? Yeah, that's the one that we lost. Oh. We had five minutes of Sia Khaleesi. Five minutes! It's worth we, a fortune now. I know. <laughs> we, lost, I know. we lost... Uh, the, the collective. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we win as a team, we I lose as a team. team. Exactly, yeah, exactly, right. exactly yeah. Tim. Exactly. That's uh, why we're so successful as yes. an egg chaser that, trio, that, because that, we've got each other's backs at all yeah. times. <laughs> that, there, that, 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 there, that there, Tim, is why Phil is a Sia Khaleesi of egg chasers. He is. He really, genuinely yeah. is. Uh, and, and very, very quickly then, a team of the tournament. What, what I have noticed... Oh, no, not a team of the tournament. No, no, very quick. Very, we can run through this. What I have noticed is all of a sudden, after, after South Africa win, everyone's team of the tournament is suddenly stacked with South Africans. Yes. Uh, Matt, Interestingly, Matt Dawson's not Matt Dawson's. <laughs> last week, not a single one. Weird, hey? Well, it's Weird. interesting. Even after that final, I, I'm still going. I, I, I think a combined England, if I was combining the South Africa team, I'd still only pick maximum half a dozen South Africans. Sadly, you've done what I've done and what all the English press do is we focus too much on our domestic players because we know them so well. And now we've seen the matchup one-on-one, you'd, you'd struggle to make that argument now, I think. Mm. Mm. So anyway, uh, team of the tournament, um, uh, well, I mean, lo- loads of people will, you know, do these. So there's just a few players that are not going to get mentioned that I think should be in there. Like all of a sudden, Jamie George is the is the best hooker of the tournament. He had a great tournament, but shot a Horry. Yeah. Should get that number two shot. 100%. 100%. Although, uh, Joe Taufefe... Taufetete. Um, Taufetete. It's a hot... Yeah. Um, got nominated for World Rugby Player of the Year this year. Mm. Which was... Mm. Interesting. He's pretty good. He's, to- he's not bad. Token gesture for a tier two player? No, no he's, he's good. So, he's a good player. There are so many more appropriate tier two players from this tournament. It That... That is. Shotohari is a wonderful shout. And Haimeno would be another Mena, um, one. A leech. Uh, Matsushima or Fukuoka. Yeah. Um, um, the, the scrum half or cool. the fly half t- tomorrow. I actually, thought, I actually thought all four of the, Japan's props were superb. Both in their yeah. scrimmaging ability yeah. and also their handling the ability. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and all of a sudden, everyone's back row has got Tom Curry, Peter Steftatoy, and although he's not a seven, so it shouldn't be, he shouldn't, just because he wears two seven. Six, yeah, two sixes. I would, I would. And, 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 and Vermeulen, but I think Jimeno it, it won't get named in team of the tournament in a lot of places, but he should. Yeah, yeah. Peter Steftatoy definitely get, get, gets in for me. There's no ifs or buts. And Peter Steftatoy, who is now the newly appointed World Rugby Player of the Year. Rightly so. Year. Yes. I would have given it to Colby. Nah. No. But it's a tight Someone, call. Someone's got to get over that gain line. It's a tight call. Someone's got to yeah. do Oh, he's brilliant. He's, he's outstanding. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a great shout. Um, Vermeulen was amazing in the final, and I suppose maybe he should make the team of the tournament for that alone. But I, I think he was exceptional in the final. But, oh, yeah. I just think there's a lot of players that are going to suddenly... Like Matsushima. I've, I've just been reading some, some well-known rugby names saying, here's my team of the tournament. And all of a sudden... Matsushima is not in there. Yeah. So, so I what, think what's he playing at? You have to have one of those. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. I think Matsushima is the second best. Radrada, Radrada. exactly. Yeah. Has to be in there. 
Yeah. Rod Roddick was unbelievable. Yeah, Matsushima's the second best Japanese winger. I thought the other one was better. Fukuoka. Yeah, yeah I thought he was quality. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh Adams is... is oh, Josh Adams would, would yeah. be yeah, a Josh Adams shout. Yeah, is, is fair. One, one of those guys... AJ McGinty? <laughs> mm, came off the bench... Uh, yeah, I tell you what. Anyway, no, no, no. Okay. Another, we'll, we'll, we'll do the domestic podcast. We'll do the domestic podcast another time. Um, right. So yeah, I actually, I genuinely like some more. If you know of a good rugby fairy tale, yeah, there must have been some O three players that retired after. Yeah, that. I was thinking that, but I'm sure. In my mind, I'm sure there was a thing in the England camp saying you're not allowed to retire because it was going to be like a yeah. big distraction. Because a load of them still made it to 2000. And- uh, five, Martin Johnson was well, that was his last game, wasn't it? It was Probably. his last. It was his last yeah. game, but he didn't retire after. And Neil Back, yeah, no, because didn't Neil Back make two thousand five? No, two thousand and seven. Lions, oh Lions, oh interesting. No, so I'm pretty sure they had a conversation in that squad, and I might be lying through my teeth here, but it was something like no one's talking about retirement. We're playing the game. They did retire, but they retired like two or three weeks afterwards. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm sure of it. Martin Johnson did not retire on the, on that day. Have a look at these. Yeah. Neil Back did travel tour in 2005. Mm. I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm sure he's about 35 or 36 as well. So Neil Back allegedly, 30, allegedly, 36. Yeah. Was, Listener, I know. Yeah, hi Neil. Was coaching England before he ever played for them. Do you, do you know that little, little fun fact? He was doing strength and conditioning for the England team before he ever got capped. That's cool. That, that, is cool. that is very cool. And he used to take his conditioning very, very. Well, I'm sure he still still does. But like in the days where bringing your own sandwiches to training yeah, was, I remember there was a group pool stage in 2003 where his shirt ripped, and he took off his shirt, and he was because he was only small. I've, I've yeah. met him a couple of times actually. Uh, stood next to him. He's not at all. Bloke, Didn't you not get was... him into Mojo's in Manchester once? No, it was. Um, oh yeah, it was um, Leeds. Um, there was an Oktoberfest do in Leeds and I was getting a friend in I was God, I was drunk to the this, mic this Phil. Was in about 2009 Phil, or something to, like that. to the mic sorry thank you it's about 2009 um, and I was um, trying to get a friend in outside and I noticed him like waiting outside there was a massive queue and I oh, Neil back how's it going just said hi to him and he's like oh yeah um, I'm trying to get in but I can't be bothered queuing There's some, some of my mates are inside I was like oh right I'll find the bouncer who looks most like a rugby player. I'll go up to chat to him and say, look, World Cup winner, absolute legend, Neil Back is outside. Can you get him in? And I wandered off and promptly forgot about that conversation <laughs> and went back to <laughs> drinking steins and left him outside. I remember being hammered and meeting Luke Abraham outside of Mojo's in Manchester. <laughs> Good ponytail. Yeah, and I said, oh, does anyone ever mention that you look like Sebastian Chabal? And said, yeah, all the time. <laughs> and then frosty silence, so I went back inside. <laughs> and that must have been like 10 years ago now. Maybe more than that, 15 years ago. Uh, joy. Uh, right. Have you done everything? Yeah, that's the World Cup over. What a fantastic... Well, well, yeah. If you've just started listening to our podcast during the World Cup, and looking at our download numbers, there's quite a few of those. Thank there's you very a, much. Yeah, lots of them. Thank Hit you. subscribe because whether it's international rugby, whether it's domestic rugby, we're here all the time, every week. The only podcast that's there, 52 weeks a year. Never stops. Relentless. Like, yeah. like Peter Steph the toy. Yes. <laughs> Too right. The PSTD has given quite a lot of England players PTSD yeah, exactly. after that final. Well done. And uh, congratulations, South Africa. Yes. Enjoy your moment. Well deserved. Team, so they win 
Uh, a bit like Ireland did last year, but more importantly, they won the World Cup, they won Player of the Year in Peter Steftatoy, they won Team of the Year, and they won Coach of the Year in Razi Erasmus, mm. which all well-deserved. Yes. Exactly. Uh, the one thing that France won this year... Uh, gone. Untermac. Just, just one thing, Roman Untermac. Play, breakthrough breakthrough player. player of the Year. Brilliant. And, and that... Again, fully deserved. They are going to be. No, we'll talk about France another time. <laughs> but they are going to be. A, Put it on the whiteboard. Yeah. Twenty twenty three home World Cup winners. Tell you what? Now that's a tour. Right. Okay. We're okay. All done. We're all done. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, he's Jay Beardmore. I'm at Cocker. Phil is lurking somewhere, and England didn't win, so he will not reveal where he is lurking. <laughs> but he might be sliding into your DM soon if yes. you're lucky. Let the boys play. Let the boys play.